Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Sasha. And I'm Joe Cabello. And this is Shut Up, I Love It, where we invite a special guest to talk about something that's underrated in the world. But the guest is our expert, and so he is going to tell us why it should be loved. Does it make any sense? That sounded like a Halloween version of the intro. <laughs> it's going to find out why you should love it and shut up. It is a pretty scary topic we got here today. And uh, we got an expert, a whiz. Can I say that he's a whiz in the topic? I would say, and yeah, he... because he sent me a PDF on the topic before. A custom-made PDF. <laughs> Years ago. So it must be an expert. But uh, he's a returning guest, and he has his own podcast called Podween Satan that's about this amazing band called Ween. Well, I think Ooh. it's pretty amazing. He thinks it's very amazing. And his Close name enough. is Jay Hunter. Hello. Welcome, Jay. I am Jay Hunter. And we should also probably mention the, what the topic is at hand, which is the topic is psychedelics. Um, which I am, as you mentioned earlier, I'm an expert at, um, an expert in the field, and I like to counsel people in the topic and uh, in the the um, the process of uh, taking psychedelics. That's right. Um, well, here's the thing: psychedelics. It's a very. Why is this topic? Why does it fit the podcast? Psychedelics are very popular type of drugs, aren't they, Jay? I would say so. I mean, I, I, I think I think this subject fits your podcast because um, you typically your topics for your shows are about maligned things that people really enjoy or misunderstood things that people enjoy. And I think that psychedelic drugs are heavily misunderstood, even by people who are proponents of taking them. Um, it's, it's an often misunderstood and misrepresented topic. And so I'm here to cut through the nonsense and show you what the real deal is. Now, let's go uh, around the room, so to say, in our virtual room and hear a little bit about each of our experience uh, with psychedelics. Joe, how about we start with you? What's your uh, experience with the drugs? Uh, I've only really messed with mushrooms as far as or yeah, salvia, mushrooms, and uh, I believe that's it, um, unless, yeah, I think that's about it, but uh, I'm a big proponent of them. I've used them as like party drugs um but also have no ecstasy for you oh ecstasy yeah ecstasy i kind of don't count as much like it doesn't seem as as much it's technically it's technically a psychedelic it's it's a unique one but it's uh those are also you said salvia divinorum was one mushrooms yeah which are tryptamine psilocybin tryptamine uh, uh drug and then um and then ecstasy mdma uh, or there, there's various, I, I don't know what kind of ecstasy you actually took, but like there neither are neither do I. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> neither do most people who take them. We were, so we were often on pillsearch.com or whatever being like, this one has red flex and uh, is green and has a pokeball on it. Is this safe? Yeah. And people are like, no, that's mostly speed. And we take yeah, it the, anyway. The, the, I'm not an expert in ecstasy by any means uh, in particular, but, uh, um, I'm I'm more heavily f- uh, focused on other psychedelics, but 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 what you took was yeah. It, if it's a pressed pill with like little spots on it, it's typically several different substances smashed into one, <laughs> and th- there there's MDMA in it. Um, like yep. if you've ever heard anyone say the word Molly, uh, Molly is a form of MDMA. Molly it's a, Shannon. It's yeah, actually it's yeah, in Mo- reference. You ever heard to... Molly Shannon? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love every <laughs> minute of it. 
one of her most uh, popular characters. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Molly, if you've heard that term bandied about, that's basically just a pure form of MDMA, which usually comes in powder form. Probably impossible to find, I'm guessing. Possible or impossible? No, no, no. It's very, it's very I, possible. I bought it's it kind before. Of <laughs> you would like most of the time you could get ecstasy, and the guy would tell us it's bad, and he'd give us a big old bag because he'd be like. Dude, I don't know where this shit came from. A lot of it's different. But then when we got Molly, we had to pay a lot more. And it was usually just in like a capsule or a powdered bag. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a powder form. It's usually I put into a gel cap of, of some sort. And the, the whole idea is that like what you took in the pill form probably had Molly in it, had the the molecule. Well, that's what Molly stands for is like the pure molecule of MDMA. And uh, Now, MDMA. is Molly MDMA. Shannon, is her name short for Molecule Shannon? Is that what you're yes. saying? That's where Jay it comes worked from. with her at least twice. So <laughs> and she, yeah, yeah. she said, oh, you don't need to call me Molecule. <laughs> that was the first thing that she said. She's like, she's like, hey, Jay, so glad to be working with you. Don't call me Molecule. We can just call each other by our sh- abbreviated you know what? names. I also met her briefly, and she was tripping her balls off. No, she wasn't. Um, she well, kinda, like, I, I have a funny, <laughs> trippy story of Molly Shannon, because uh, you ever heard of ASMR? Yeah. Yeah, so, this so, podcast talks about ASMR. So constantly. one of the first times I ever heard of what ASMR, like I ever heard the term ASMR, was I was working with Molly Shannon on this movie, and, and she was, we were shooting a scene where like she was supposed to be going through her like dead daughter's, um, uh, like a box of her dead daughter's like like old things, and she picked up this box of pencils, like colored pencils, and in the scene she started, I think we were rehearsing the scene, but she picks up the the box of pencils and starts fumbling through the pencils. And she kind of went into this trance and, and, and we were like, Molly, are you okay? What's going on? And, and she kind of like shook out of it and she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I have ASMR. And so just the, cl- <laughs> the clinking of the pencils, like she has, she has a heavy form of it because a lot of people just like to watch it and get off on the sounds. But, but, but she has a, a form of it. Was she coming when you were talking? I think her? so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she, she just like her, like moving the pencils around and the sound from it, put her into like a trance state. And, and she was like, oh yeah, it's, it happens to me all the time with stuff like this. And, I'm so sorry. She was really embarrassed about Does it. Does she I mean, handle pencils oh a lot? I mean, like, I never get it. Well, she just heard the little clinky, like, clinky, clinky, clinky <laughs> of, the, of the pencils. I can see that, that being pleasing, center. but I don't know about a trance. I only watch ASMR yeah. videos from really hot women who do it, so I don't think yeah, I'm into ASMR. I think I'm into hot women. <laughs> Yeah, the boobs. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like the it's like the term OCD. Like a lot of people are like, I have totally have OCD, and it's like, no, you just are <laughs> you're just a person who's intense or whatever about some subject. And then there's people who actually have OCD, which is like a clinical, uh, uh, you know, like like mental Im- condition. Yeah, impairment. Uh, yeah, cl- like a clinical impairment. So I think if you have if you have truly have ASMR, you, you might have a form that Molly Shannon has, which is like will send you into kind of like a like a dazed, almost like trippy type of like it, it felt like she was tripping all of a sudden. And she kind of had. To I had no idea, but apparently I called it when I said that yeah. when I met her, she was probably tripping too. Yeah. she was touching my hair like in a weird way, though. It's it's because your hair was so dry. You got to condition it. Yeah, she yeah. liked the I have crinkly sound of it. It was so <laughs> good. I have the worst hair. That's why I do radio. Uh, yeah, television. but let's. But 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 anyway, oh, sorry. Just to go, just to close out the molecule thing. So so basically, like when ecstasy first came came about, people would take the MDMA. Um, 
and uh, and the, the pure molecule, and then they would mix it with like speed or other kind of drugs and press it into those tablets. And like the, you know, pe- the people would mix it with like with like opiates, like heroin and things like that. So w- when you were at, at like a rave in the '80s and you took ecstasy, you it was just kind of like a it was just kind of a surprise. Whatever was in it was in it, and you know, people would take it and they'd be like up all night. But they, but if you, you the difference is like if you take Molly, the actual molecule, it's like like you don't have that like crazy speed element where you're where it keeps you awake it's more of like a like a narcotic type of effect so you you get those ecstasy feelings from it but you might feel like 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 you want to lay down more so than like run around and go crazy all night yeah that's definitely been my experience i remember a few times uh taking a random pill with my buddy and then about 40 minutes in our teeth would be chattering and we'd be like dude this is one was very speedy wasn't it yeah 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 exactly exactly so and then and then you know there's also other kinds of molly which we've called like moon rocks is one of the street terms for i have a story about moon rocks (laughs) that includes jay hunter so i think that's a smooth transition into what i know about psychedelics so let's start with moon rocks so when i've taken moon rocks before with jay uh it was like probably my first very like euphoric experience of like being one with the world and enjoying you know like we're all one and stuff like that and that was my first time that I was like, wow, I, I, I think I love drugs because I was brought up with the sense that all drugs are bad and alcohol and nicotine, which are, of course, the worst drugs, they are good for you. Like in Russia and Siberia, they're like alcohol, sure. Like start drinking at 12. My mom poured me a shot of vodka and said, you have to start somehow. And, uh, you know, <laughs> cigarettes were also around the same time. And then, but like drugs were considered to be like, oh no, like drugs is like so scary. Like you can die from it. Like people will catch you. I remember the story was being told to me, like people will catch you and they'll give you heroin just to like get you addicted. And so I was always afraid, like looking over my shoulder in Siberia, like people are going to catch me and like shoot heroin into my brain. And give you free drugs. There's worse things. (laughs) So I, but like the first time I had really good experience with a non-alcohol or nicotine was with Jay Hunter when he did Moon Rocks. And then later, I actually... That was at a Ween concert, by the way. That was the first time? That was the I think first was, time. But there was a... Wow, okay, so that was you like just a, really want to uh, get your podcast out there. We get I'm it. I'm just saying Ween connects Ween every, all good things go back to Ween. There, so yeah, there was like a cluster of good trips on uh, for me. I, you know, they're not really trips, but like those great euphoric experiences on Moon Rocks. And then I tried to take antidepressants, mostly for my anxiety. So that was like Lexapro and all that stuff, like serotonin, what is it, inhibitor, whatever? Serotonin reuptake inhibitors thank you so much ssris and so that actually makes you kind of immune to uh all of these molly like anything serotonin related but definitely to molly and so one time jay and i went to this hotel and we took a bunch of moon rocks and i was you know at the time on lexapro i believe the ssri and like hours later i'm not feeling anything like anything and i have no idea what's going on waste I'm like, of jay, money with some money and not having fun and Jay's like feeling it and Jay takes usually a lot more to start feeling anything than me like I'm a very lightweight person like I have a head of pot and I'm dying and Jay is like I'm feeling it but I guess we should take another you know chunk of it and so we did and so he started having like I don't know like a breakdown no, I, I pretty much overdosed on, on Molly. I mean, what happened? Here's what, here's what actually, here's what actually this happened. This is a is good way to start uh, <laughs> the podcast into it. I yeah, so, on it. So, 
Well, he so, did a lot of it. Like well, what we did was we started off taking a normal amount, and then I was started to feel it. But like it usually, like Sasha was saying, takes me a little longer or takes more of the substance for me to feel it. So I start feeling a little bit, and Sasha's like she said, kind of a lightweight, and she's like, I don't feel a single thing. Like what's going on? I go okay, well let's take more. So we take like a <laughs> like like a like a like an additional dose of it, and then we maybe even taking a third additional dose of it, and she's not feeling anything. Yeah, anything. And it, I'm like I'm like like stuck to the ceiling, like like trying. Trying to like he started heal myself off the 2 a.m. yoga. I've never seen like Jay do just like impromptu, spontaneous yoga. Like I could see myself break into it just for fun. But he is not like a huge yoga guy. He started doing this crazy vinyasa thing in the middle of hotel room for like an hour, and I was just laying there watching him, being like, "Wow!" And he's like, <gasps> "Like breathing." And at that heavily. point, what was it your was trip? Rather uncomfortable. While you're watching this, where are you at? Where Sasha yeah, is at? where Sasha at? I'm just like on the bed, like having tea and being like bored. But so you're like, not like, tripping at all still? I'm not tripping at all. Like nothing, like not even a tingle in my like pinky. You know what I mean? Like nothing. Like I felt nothing. And so then I might have even tried mushrooms again on, you know, while still on Lexapro. And it was like barely anything. But when I went off of antidepressants, because I figured that the side effects they were giving me was outweighing like the positives they were giving me yeah and um yeah and i kind of just doubled down on yoga and meditation and all the good stuff and uh i like like now like if i took like if i take anything literally like i get very high very fast very lightweight but i had um like i said i was brought up with um sort of suspicion and that like drugs are like the worst thing in the world and then how would i ever like date a drug addict but then i started dating jay and i like quickly found out that like he does use a lot of drugs i'm not a drug addict let's just stop right there <laughs> well I, uh, two minutes <laughs> so, ago so, but, you said you well, od'd on molly thinking. so <laughs> well that was because she 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 Unders uh, poisoned me with uh way too much what Unders i'm saying uh, uh, what molly. i'm saying is that the <laughs> drug addict is the thing that like i think a lot of people think of people who use drugs right away like even if it includes psychedelics like i think i'm using this term to highlight how people who are uneducated about how valuable psychedelic drugs or marijuana, which I don't like, but I know for a lot of people it's very good, uh, like they are not uneducated about that. And so they immediately think of anybody recreationally or for, uh, you know, self realization purposes using psychedelics they immediately think that this person is a drug addict and so that's what i'm saying like it was like in my dna to like be on a constant alert of like what are these people doing like not drinking they're instead smoking pot or they're like taking mushrooms like that's the worst thing possible and uh but like slowly but surely jay brainwashed me into trying mushrooms Slash enlightened you. And slash enlightened <laughs> me. And those were like the most... One man's brainwash is another man's <laughs> enlightenment. Yes, go ahead. I was. And I like, I, I mean, it was definitely like big step towards my improvement of mental health. In general, like anybody needs improvement of mental health. And, uh, you know, it kind of like came later, like in my, like, I guess early 30s is when I like discovered a lot of appreciation and gratitude to mushrooms for what it's done for me. So I also done DMT uh, with Jay, which I'm sure he'll talk about, which is a thing that you smoke. <laughs> so ayahuasca is when you drink it, but there's a way to smoke it. And that's like the trippiest shit ever. So that's my expertise on the subject. Jay very, very similar to Joe's. So Joe, Joe's done uh, MDMA, ecstasy, 
mushrooms and what was the other salvia and sal- rare salvia divinorum. and all starting and, around like the age in 19 i want to say but no no lsd or anything no like, i or always peyote or mescaline or anything. uh no like with lsd i have i avoided it looking for it and then it also never came to my doorstep you know i never had a friend right. who was like i have some i think i might have done it but i've always been a little hesitant of lsd um right, just seems right. a little then, more intense and then any like peyote ayahuasca dmt i've just been like i'm like i'm i haven't had the situation <laughs> to take that seriously and do it the right way well yeah they're also they're they're rarer substances they're harder to obtain and the the you know the knowledge about them is that they're much more powerful obviously than like your your average mushroom would be now now so and then so sasha's sasha's experience has been ecstasy has been molly or whatever and and mushrooms right like nothing and else dmt and hello D- and dmt right right, right. The big so, daddy. so you both so you both you both have a pretty good um background uh first person you know experiences with with the substances because I, I would say between the two of you you both have have seen different um elements of the psychedelic spectrum uh which which is good which is not not everyone can say that you in, know? in fact i'm gonna just throw this thing out right here uh, like because i i find that pot can be a very psychedelic experience for me and i know it's not tryptamine or in like both of you probably just smoke it for breakfast i assume like for me <laughs> it's like that shit is the worst jay have seen me high on pot and it's much more like like just debilitating to me than than uh mushrooms even yeah sasha's body chemistry or brain chemistry siberian style does not uh accept marijuana as or cannabis as as well as 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 other people will like i i she definitely has of like like a like a hundredfold um type of reaction to it where like you know like what like like myself or maybe joe might be able to take a couple hits of pot and and just you know like like walk around and be totally normal and no one will ever know the difference like sasha when she ta- when she eats pot or or smokes it not it, even it's, a lot it, yeah yeah not, uh, smokes a very small amount or eats a very small amount it has a very very intense effect on her like very very psychedelic and very otherworldly and usually uncomfortable negative, negative. Yeah, yeah, totally. she doesn't doesn't enjoy it which is which is totally fine everyone has a different reaction i think it's some things, kind of you know? allergy you know what i mean like who knows but, but it's yeah. definitely a chemistry thing I, I would i would lean toward the allergic element too because because they're it's 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 very like unique your reaction to cannabis. i just have such a sense of dissociation like i immediately yeah. like like lose the sense of self and like i the the uh a sense of unreality overcomes like over me and I just can't snap into like my own body. Like I just keep like seeing everything like a postcard around me. And it's it's like there's no sense of self-growth like mushrooms would do. Like if you go through that with mushrooms, then you kind of come out on the other side. Yeah. This is just like one plateau of like not a good It's time. just a thing yeah, that so- happens. Yeah. It's- yeah. So, so, yeah. And I mean, Sasha, like like for the audience, maybe like if, if anyone in the audience has seen someone on a bad trip or like seen someone that's taken like 10 hits of acid and is flipping out, you know, and, ju- and just kind of like completely out of their minds. That's kind of like how Sasha is when she ingest cannabis it's 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 kind of a sim from the outside at least you know from the observer perspective it's it's very it's very uh you know it's 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 intense and scary and so uh, so she doesn't smoke pot anymore i don't smoke pot and if you're out there and you like just asking yourself like why you know is pot not agreeing with me just be like you know or maybe it's not agreeing with you just 
like you don't have to keep trying i feel like i've tried a couple of times it's like i've tried too many times enough that i'm like stop trying this is not gonna work for me find something else so you know there's other stuff yeah i've got buddies like that who are like yeah dude i don't want to smoke with you because it doesn't work and it's been that way for decades yeah it's got to be you know siberian things siberian genes uh now jay hunter jay hilger's hunter esquire as i like to refer to him (laughs) Because uh, I am a lawyer. Yes, thank you. <laughs> what is your, what is your ex- ex- expertise? Why are you the best person to invite today on Shut Up and Lo- I Love It and talk about psychedelics? What is your experience? When did you start uh, dipping your toes into the pool of universal knowledge? Well, uh, that would be the, the the first time I ever took any kind of psychedelic substance other than cannabis. I mean, if you, if you consider cannabis as a psychedelic, it's more of a psychoactive drug, I would I would say. But, uh, you know, I started smoking pot at a rather young age, probably around 13, 12, 13 years old. Uh, I would not recommend that to anybody. But that's what just about alcohol. That's just just my experience. I'm curious. I think I probably smoked pot before I got mm-hmm. drank I, a beer I, I or, so. or something. Yeah, that, that was the first thing um, I, I got into. And, um, you know. I took, I, I can't say ex- the ex- I'm bad with dates, uh, uh, famously, but, um, I, I know I took mushrooms for the first time. I remember the experience. I know that it was before I was 16. It was either when I was 14 or 15, probably more like 15. I, I know that because I, I, I didn't drive at the time. Um, and so that's but how you I wanted kind of to, pl- you had the urge, my, um, the urge to drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I wanted a license to drive just like the famous <laughs> movie. Um, <laughs> And uh, the, the Corey Feldman, <laughs> Corey Haim, Tour de Force, License to Drive. But so, never so, seen it. Uh, <laughs> never seen it? Whoa, Joe, you're missing. We should, let's let's put the brakes on this podcast and let's just. Start a whole let's new just podcast. Watch License to Drive. Um, and but, we're back. And we're back. So, so, yeah, I took mushrooms for the first time when I was 14, 15 years old. Um, friends of mine uh, w- had already had uh, a handful of experiences with LSD and mushrooms. And so I, I was, a, even though I was so young, uh, looking back on it, I was late to the game as far as my peer group was, was concerned. Like everybody, all my friends had already, you know, had like, you know, 10 trips by then. Now, just to pause you real quick. Uh, did your parents bring you up with any sense of be careful of drugs or drugs are okay? Or like, what was the general vibe? My my parents they weren't like proponent. My parents definitely have taken lots of psychedelics and smoke pot, and you know that, that I grew up kind of like uh, they used to work for the Grateful Dead and were kind of part of that rock and roll scene. So I definitely at an early age have been exposed to you know either family parties when family friends are smoking pot, and I just I just it was always around me. They they, they didn't um, they weren't proponents of me doing it necessarily, but I definitely was exposed to it. They tried to hide it, but I I knew I could figure out what was going on. They actually had a um, uh, I found this out when I was in college, actually, that my, my parents and my uncles and, and all their friends, they had a code word for LSD, and it was the ferret. So, oh. and I have all these memories. I have all these memories from when I was like oh, a like like a little kid when I was like you know six years old. They would like I would hear the like like oh hey do you, like who has the ferret or whatever. And I was like what the ferret? And and, and so that they, <laughs> they so I have these memories of like pe- people always talking about ferrets and like and me always wanting to be like where are the ferrets? Like I love I want to I want to hang out with the ferret. Like so I, bad. <laughs> you know like I want I wanted to see this little squirrel animal that I kept on hearing about. And so then flash forward into you know promise, I'm like such a promise twenty twenty. 21 years old or some and I think one of my uncles like 
he he like let it out of the bag. Like he said the word ferret. And I'm like, what, you, what do you mean ferret? You mean, and, and then he, it just all clicked for Repressed me. Repressed memories yeah, all came uh, up. My uncle Mark or my uncle Zach was like, oh yeah, that, that was our nickname. You found that out. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, that, that was the nickname for LSD when, when, you know, uh, back in the day. So anyway, so I, I was around it, but I wasn't exposed to it um, by my parents or their friends. I just, I just kind of observed it. But, um, you know, I kind of hung out with like a hippie crowd when I was, when I was in high school and you know, definitely into into experimenting with substances and smoking pot. So, what was it like the first time, fourteen, fifteen? Uh, first time, uh, we took. Mu- we also, I, my friends had access. We were kind of the, we were the super cool kids. Ooh, we had access right, to all. We had access to all the good stuff. So we, we we had we had the best pot and the best access to all kinds of illicit substances. So I, the first time I took mushrooms, it was ra- they were rather good, high quality mushrooms. And this is in the suburbs of Chicago, where it's it's hard to find those kind of things. The, these days, it's probably a, a lot easier, obviously. But um, so I would. uh, Yeah. So I I took mushrooms at my friend Eric's house with my other friend, Rachel. And um, I remember it as being just real pleasant. We just we just tripped and hung out in Eric's bedroom. And and it was my first kind of introduction to that whole to 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 the psychedelic world. It wasn't a particularly powerful trip. How much how much do you think you took? Um, I probably took like a gram, a gram, like, like, yeah, like one mushroom or something. And, um, but you know, like I, I immediately felt familiar to me, the experience, like it, it felt like, 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 okay, I, I somehow, wh- whether it was like through dreams or through some kind of like, I don't know, weird, like ancient knowledge in my DNA, like it just felt like a familiar experience. It didn't feel like an alien experience and that's something that I would be afraid of. Um, but, um, but, but, but like I said, it wasn't a particularly heavy trip. It was just kind of, I, what I would say like, is like a light to medium trip, even though it was dipping the toes. Yeah. Dipping the toes. It, I mean, it certainly at the time felt pretty amazing and pretty intense, but, um, in retrospect, it was pretty light. And then, you know, after that it was, it was like, okay, let's escalate. Let's, let's go deeper and deeper. And, um, and you know, like when all throughout my high school days, I, you know, we had again, access, we would get mushrooms sent in from or- Oregon that were like really, really powerful mushrooms. Just and, in the mail, um, FedEx. Yeah, the, the, through yeah, through the mail, through various you know like the hippie Amazon syndicate Birds. would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the ravens were well, coming. One like of Mike Tyson's that, pigeons. Yeah, exactly. It was carrier <laughs> pigeon brought over like, a, but it was mostly yeah, mostly through like the 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 biggest drug dealer in the world, which is UPS and FedEx. Um, they, 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 they distribute more drugs than any other. Do they drug know dealer. about it? They don't know about it, but they do it. They do it unwittingly. In fact, people, people, Shout would, out to all those workers. people would send it, um, just a little, a little inside knowledge here. So back then they would take these big plastic We're talking tubs. 1930s, right? 1930s. No, this is probably like, uh, early nineties, mid nineties. But so that people would take it, um, uh, they would take mu- bags of mushrooms and vacuum seal them, and then they would take these big plastic tubs and line them with peanut butter. Um, and then, so like, like put put the bags of mushrooms in these tubs lined with peanut butter, pour like melted peanut butter in there. So it would basically be encased in peanut butter. And then they would ship the tubs out, and, and that was that people would s- smuggle and send. Because um, peanut their, butter is a more powerful smell to a dog than drugs. Yeah, or I, I think I think I think <sighs> like if it was melted and then once it solidifies, like it traps any kind of scent in. Because people would send pot that way too through the, the peanut butter method. So I bet you all those service like all those working dogs were just freaking out about the actual peanut butter now yeah the, yeah, yeah. Or, or or they just know like oh peanut butter is like a treat smell so they don't alert for that yeah. they alert for the drugs so Wait, there's a lot of dog knowledge it's not it wasn't yeah. a foolproof system i remember these guys 
<laughs> it wasn't a foolproof system though, because I, I remember um, somebody, a friend of a friend, older brother of a friend I went to school with, got you know like was regularly having mushrooms shipped to their house. One day they they got a couple packages, and uh, about an hour later their house was raided, uh, you know, and they got they got arrested for 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 um, trafficking psychedelic mushrooms. The whole but, family. No, just just like the the it was like this guy's older brother, and uh, you know, but like still in high school or just in is he college. still in jail? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of people I know, uh, a lot of older brothers, and a lot of people I know that I went to high school with uh, were involved in the in the illicit uh, substance trade, and and uh, a lot of them got you know thrown in jail. This one guy I know got um, th- this girl uh, Jamie's older brother got busted with like a two, two sheets of LSD, which are, each sheet is a hundred hits of LSD. So like 200 hits of LSD got busted. It's all about where you got back then and today. It's all about where you get caught with it. He got caught in Utah, which is one of the worst places to get caught with anything. Um, and, uh, and he, I remember Except he was, a couple of whites. He was sentenced <laughs> to jail for 20 years. And this is when he was like 18 or 19 years old. He got sentenced to 20 years in prison. I don't know if he ever got out or what happened Terrible. to him. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was no joke back then. I mean, this stuff the stuff with this these substances which I consider to I understand that they're drugs, but I I refer to them more in my own mind as medicine um in medicine or drugs as well it's a synonym but like drug has all that that kind of negative connotation to it um it just it was a real travesty that like people who were who were kind of like uh experimenting with 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 what i would consider medicine were getting thrown in jail for for you know insane amounts of time so before we get into the whole medicine discussion and why these drugs are not necessarily drugs, but uh, tools, right? To expand one's... Tools uh, is a great word, yeah. Yeah, tools to sp- expand one's... Uh, consciousness. Consciousness. Uh, I would like to also uh, hear what other drugs you used. Because I, I don't think you used salvia, have you? No, I have. I have. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, Mescaline you haven't? As far There's something yes. you haven't. Um, I have not... I mean, I'm sure there's something I haven't used before but like as far as psychedelics goes like mm-hmm. um I, i've definitely i've used salvia divinorum um which like i you no- always refer to it in the full latin name well, a lot of respect yeah. <laughs> there are many Big salvia ups. plants it's also <laughs> called uh, divine sage um, Correct. but uh salvia I've, I've taken a few times not a big fan of it I've, it's I, pretty I, unpleasant I kind of because you feel like you're stuck inside an object. Is that what it is? I, I, I've referred to it as kind of like a dumb version of DMT. <laughs> like, like dumb it's, tea. It's, yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> it's dumb DMT. Dumb tea. But, but, um, so I've done salvia. I've done mescaline a couple times, which is like the active ingredient in peyote. Um, but but uh, again, that was a synthetic mescaline, so I don't know what else was in it or where, it, it, what was in it in the first place, but distinctly different from other psychedelics, I would say. I've done uh, mushrooms, uh, many, many, many times. How many would you say, without exaggeration, which is your tendency? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hyperbole and exaggeration are my specialties. Um, <laughs> no, I think, uh, I mean, at least a hundred times, probably more. But, Mostly um, in your teens or 20s, would you say? I did the majority of my mushroom tripping when I was in high school and college. Um, I, I've Those ki- beautiful I, forming years I, I in know, any right? American yeah, life. Yeah, while my brain was just uh, forming, <laughs> I was pumping it full of all this shit. But but I I, <clears throat> I took so many mushrooms when I was uh, when I was young like that that I kind of hit a brick wall and it just felt like like I, I'm not gaining anything anymore from this. It's not because because uh, 
you know, unlike a lot of people, I don't believe in taking psychedelics recreationally as like a party drug. I think that that's actually a bad idea. It's I would probably, say ecstasy is all right for that. Ecstasy is a party drug. Yes, yes. But like, but that's like a tangential, mm-hmm. like fringe psychedelic. It, it, ecstasy is more of like a body drug than, than a mind drug, even though it has a slight mind. Uh, it's a one no drug in the sense that you just feel the profound love for humankind without going deeper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. But but I, I took so many mushrooms uh, as, a, as a young lad that I, I sort of, like I said, hit a brick wall and sort of was like, OK, I'm, I, I'm not getting anything new out of this. This is just too repetitive. Um, but 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 I will say that, you know, when I was in high school, they mushrooms were were certainly um, I give them credit for like for solving a lot of my problems, you know, psychological issues or just confidence issues. I mean, like when I, you know, took mushrooms for that first time, I I remember the first 10 trips I ever had were characterized mostly by a deep like fear, insecurity, like like fear that like like the people I was with were like making fun of me or or like I was just deeply insecure as like most basically something that people go through life in general. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I was not like any other. I wasn't any different from any other like adolescent or anything but like they I after taking so many trips and and having a quote-unquote a couple bad trips which I which I'll go into later I don't believe in bad trips I just believe in difficult trips Ooh. hot take everybody but, but yeah hot take um, it, th- there's th- th- there's easy trips and difficult trips but I had a, I had a few difficult ones um, but I always emerged feeling better and like it was almost like like therapy like I felt cleansed and I felt enlightened and, and I felt like whatever unpleasant experience I had during the trip I was able to work through it and it made me stronger afterwards and so would you say that's why you don't like slash believe into therapy hot take uh, no I, I at least for believe yourself in therapy like I mean what, well, do you mean? I don't what I mean therapy. is that you don't like you never would would have a therapist yourself no, Let's I would. That way. Okay, here's uh, this is going to sound arrogant, which it is, w- oh, w- w- but it, but it's like I don't hyperbole I, I, coming. If I <laughs> if I sit there and talk to a therapist, I haven't I haven't had a therapist that I've felt is my intellectual superior. Amazing. So 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 so, so, so if I so if I talk to a, if I talk to a therapist and they, they're trying to break me down, they're trying to like get me to see. I'm like I'm like yeah yeah sure like I I I. I I'm on their level enough to where like they're not bringing anything new to the table. I, you know, the, like the, And is it because of psychedelics? I would say so for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think like whatever issues I had, um, deep seated issues, they were kind of cleansed and washed away through psychedelics, which is like, you know, if you think of a, of, of a six, seven hour mushroom trip, if you go really deep and this is another big belief that I have that you should, if you take psychedelics, you should take them as if it's a, a religious or a therapeutic experience. And you should take a lot, um, to, to go really deep. Uh, otherwise it's not quite as effective, but you know, after having a lot of those deep, deep trips, you know, like, like, like one of those deep trips is maybe worth a year of therapy. And, and, and so it's just like condensed spiritual quest slash therapy. Well, what is therapy other than like just learning to how to acknowledge your own personal truth? And that's exactly yeah. what uh, psychedelics help you do. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, another big thing that I believe in with psychedelics is that is that they if you boil it down, what psychedelics do is they don't permit you that they 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 stop you from lying to yourself and all the truth that is this push down inside your brain bubbles up to the top. And I think that's what therapy is trying to do is trying to get you to, to, um, 
unlock these deep seated issues that, that you that you've pushed down in your brain and, and that you've you're tried to ignore. You're trying to like lie to yourself like that's not a problem. That's not a problem because you're trying to survive. So your 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 brain's trying to, to keep you alive and survive. And so it pushes trauma and, and issues into your tissues. Yeah, into the tissues. <laughs> and then and, and then but, but it's like it's like as soon as you take psychedelics, all that shit bubbles to the top and you're forced to confront your own fears and your own insecurities. Um, and, and so, you know, like having those experiences when I was young and, and having the insecurity, I was forced to confront it and work through it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of solve those issues. Now, if I hadn't done that, I would say for sure I would be, you know, probably a sad old man. Yeah, sad old man. Or I, or I would be uh, I would be in a good play f- place if I was in a therapist's office every week. But um, this, this is not to say that I don't that I wouldn't benefit from any kind of therapy. Never say never. But but, you know, I just like whenever I've gone to it, I, I've always thought like, OK, yeah, like I already know, you know like they're not uncovering anything because I'm not hiding anything because I'm not lying to myself anymore. Now, now, it, I also think that if you don't take psychedelics for um, an extended period of time, you know, like like let's say a year or two, you will inevitably um, take trauma or deep seated issues and start and start suppressing them. And so that's why I think it's important that like cleaning of the third eye to the, quote Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. Um, it, R.I.P. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know every couple of years or so you, you got to cleanse that third eye because you're going to start dumping shit in your attic and then and locking it up and not confronting it. But like it's like truth serum. It just it, it you're not allowed to lie to yourself anymore. Like like however you were coping with life, um, s- suddenly uh, that coping me- mechanism is gone and it's and you're forced to confront it. So did you mention that I also done some DMT right? Yes, I've also do, I've also done LSD a couple times. I'm not really that big in LSD. Um, my, my to go back to my parents, my parents never, you know, t- like applauded taking drugs or anything. In fact, they they I remember one thing my dad said to me. I think when I was younger was like, don't you know, like it, or maybe it was my mom, but like d- don't take anything that doesn't come out of the earth, right? So don't take any synthetic stuff. And she they're referring to like you know cocaine and. And like heroin and you know hard drugs and stuff like that, but the the, the but it was also LSD. PCP. Yeah, angel dust. I think it was it was also LSD, which has to be you know, created in a lab. Basically, the, the idea being like it, it, like pot grows off of plants. You know, like she's not gonna like encourage me to do it, but if I'm gonna do something, that's okay. Mushrooms grow out of the earth, like 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 yes, you know. it's tr- not one size fits all yeah, because tr- for me, even though marijuana grows in the dirt it's still bad for me yeah yeah no no absolutely but but i think she was more referring to like hey listen i know you're i know you're a teenager i know you're gonna experiment in things um here's my advice having gone through that already i'm not gonna say don't do anything because that you're just gonna do whatever you want so so the the advice and was more like stay away from anything that's made in a, in a in a chemistry lab and if you're gonna experiment with things stick with the stuff that just uh, grows naturally um and so he did and, and so and he did. doubled and so down and, and i'm I'm glad I did that. But that, that's why I never really got into LSD because it, like to me, it always had that stigma of just being coming out of a, of a chemistry lab. And, and I also know of all the bad experiences or like sort of people who who like damaged their brain permanently. It was always from LSD. Um, I, I mean, I've known people Are those that have, true stories that you can damage your brain permanently after the use of psychedelics. Is that true or not? Well, not the, the 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 statement is 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 wrong. Which is like, psychedelics are, are a group of substances. I I think that you can absolutely damage yourself. Um, 
you're not going to necessarily damage yourself permanently with LSD, but I know that it's definitely happened and to many people. And whether that's something, whether they had a, a pre-existing psychological condition or whether they took too much or whether when they took it, they, they there was other the, stuff in it. There was, there was other stuff in it or whether when they took it, they were in a bad situation where some sort of trauma happened and it like, it caused the brain to snap in some way. Like I, you know, every situation is different, but I, I, I've just never heard of, I've never, I don't know. I have any firsthand experience of that happening ever with mushrooms. Um, but I know a lot of people who have fucked themselves up with, with LSD permanently. Um, I could tell many stories, but, and they're all kind of a bummer, but, um, but you know, so I've always stayed away from LSD. I, I've, I've, I'm a mushroom guy. I, I like cannabis quite a bit, and but DMT is the is is the real key to the universe. Tell us a little bit about DMT, Jay, because not a lot of people had experience with it. DMT is an often misunderstood substance. All right, so it stands for dimethyltryptamine. Um, psychedelics are in are in a couple different categories. Tryptamines is one of the main cat categories. So the end of the the, the T of the DMT is tryptamine. Um, like a mushroom mushroom psilocybin is a tryptamine molecule. Um, DMT is people are afraid of it because rightly so it's been described as the most powerful psychedelic on earth. So right there, if you've ever tripped before and then you hear, Oh no, there's something out there that's a thousand <laughs> times more yeah. powerful. It's a little frightening. And associated right? like there's, uh, associations with it coming from the earth with it coming from aliens. Like there's a lot of different, well, uh, yeah, I mean, things that are out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different stories. That it's you know, it's like it's like anything that's misunderstood or that's rare. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit stories out there. There's a lot of you know, like things that people make up about it because of their own experiences on the drug. I mean, basically, dimethyltryptamine is in almost every plant and animal on the earth in trace amounts right now it's in it's in all of all, the three of us and everybody listening it's in your it's in trace amounts in your spinal fluid see um, to me it, that's terrifying you, <laughs> yeah the, the, well, the, well, well well we don't know a lot about it because psychedelic research was outlawed in the 60s so we, we, we know little bits and pieces and right now it's slowly opening up the the, the research end of things but we, we we just know a fragment of what is out there about dmt but we do know that it is in very trace amounts in your spinal fluid and we know that your pineal gland which produces serotonin and among other other um other substances well and fight and flight right yeah. So, so the, so the pineal gland is, is a gland that creates uh, various chemicals. It's like a chemical factory, right? Mm -hmm. And you, your pineal gland is capable of producing DMT based on the building blocks that's in it. And scientists are pretty sure that it does create DMT, um, whether it's regularly when you go into a dream state, whether it's brought on by a traumatic event, like, like a near death experience that, that your pineal gland might, might produce it. The pineal gland is located in this part in your brain that your brain is like a fortress. It doesn't, your brain doesn't let anything in or out of it with without the prison guard opening up the gate, so to speak is the analogy. Um, but your pineal gland is located in this part of your brain where anything that it, that the pineal gland produces, it gets immediately absorbed by, by, by the brain. It get the, the there's no like barrier uh, going on. So, so basically the, um, you know, there's a lot of like, nothing has been proven. What they have proven is that in rats or lab mice or rats, um, that they have proven that the pineal gland produces DMT, uh, while during the death experience. Um, the, but the reason they can't prove that 
currently with humans is because in order to do that, you have to kill the, you have to kill the test subject and have it's their brain. It's always hard to do that. You have to have their brain opened up. I, you, have, you have to be you have to have like a needle in the pineal gland. I mean, it's the kind of thing you have to so, do. You know the Nazis were probably doing. They, they probably were. I mean, it, it's going to be <laughs> almost impossible to prove in humans because you'd have to kill the patient and and perform this reversal. So, are you telling me surgery. that I could uh, potentially hunt people? And then uh, put yes. them in a contraption I where I slowly kill them and extract the DMT and start a DMT bar where people can come and get high. And people will call it the spinal tapper. Uh, in theory. Is that what yes, you're saying? You absolutely. <laughs> what I'm saying is that is that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. But um, I would <laughs> say it's a rather... If you put your spine to it, I'd say that's a rather inefficient way to to harvest DMT. What what you should do instead um, is what everyone else does, which is that there there are several plants on the earth. Like I said, every plant and animal has DMT in it. Um, it's 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 part of our the fabric of life basically. Um, but there are certain plants uh, that have like mimosa hostilis and um, Syrian rue. It's a great name that, for a pilot. <laughs> mimosa hostilis, yeah. About a stripper. About <laughs> a stripper who who loves brunch. Um, so so. Uh, I'm sorry, well, exotic dancer. Uh, yes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <all> <laughs> so, so what people will do is, is they find these plants that have extremely high amounts of it for whatever reason. Um, uh, the, 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 the acacia bush is, is another one, for instance. Um, and, and they... Her friend. The acacia bush. <laughs> <laughs> She's a porn star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex worker. Come on. Um, but, but, but so, so uh, you, you can extract it from these plants in higher amounts and then you can ingest it that way. So like... Like you're, you know, yes, though the pineal, excuse me, though the pineal gland it seems to be capable of producing it and most likely does produce it in human beings, probably be an inefficient way to harvest it. So I'm sorry, but your spinal tapper bar is a uh, bad idea. You know, it's got, well, go up and just bring it back to the drawing room, you know, like maybe you can augment it a little bit. But, um, but yeah, so. I mean, I could just sit here and talk about DMT all day and night, but I mean, we like. So let's go back to the uh, idea that psychedelics is not to be used recreationally, hot take, but to be used as medicine. What, what exactly? Yes. We touched on it a little bit, but what would you say to a person who is curious? Because a lot of like very psychedelic curious people out there, I'd say but they would think that they want to use it recreationally just to have an experience. What would be your uh, peace of mind for them? Well, I get the inclination to like, to have a party and trip and, and, and everything. I mean, I certainly did it when I was younger, but um, the, the, one of the biggest things with psychedelics is you've probably heard it said it's set and setting, right? And this is Terrence a mis McKenna. this is a misunderstood concept. It, it actually goes more back to Gordon Wasson and Timothy Leary it, when they were professors at Harvard and and kind of pioneers in psychedelic research. Uh, Leary and, and Richard Alpert too, Ram Dass, who, who became Ram Dass. Uh, th these guys were all Harvard professors uh, in the psychology department, and um, they, they they started uh, experimenting with psychedelics, and they figured out that that you've got you've got the substance right and then the 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 human being ingests the substance and you you have this this wild uh this wild experience that that emanates from it now th there are two things that that will um 
that will illustrate that, that experience. One is the set, which is short for mindset, right? So the set is whatever's going on in your mind. So whether you lost your job last week, your your grandfather died, or, or you're There's a giant pandemic taking over the planet. There's a giant yes. pandemic, uh, yeah, exactly. We're time. all stuck in our house. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like anything that's going on inside your mind, like like your your memories from childhood, your your traumas, your your, your happy memories, like like whatever's going on in your mind is the set. Let's just call it that. And then the setting is everything that is external to yourself. So in the immediate uh, vicinity, right? Yeah, it, it, in the immediate vicinity, but yeah, but yeah, anything that's external. So it could be, you know, the lighting in the room. It could be the color of the wall. It could be the person that's standing next to you, what they're saying. It could be what's on the television. It, it, it's anything that, that is outside of yourself. And so what the two things that, that define the trip and, and that, that basically compose the trip are your mindset and then the setting around you. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to have an uncomfortable, difficult trip because you go to a party or go to a concert and take a psychedelic. You might have a great time, but let's say you take a, a psychedelic and you go to a concert and you see someone fall off the balcony and die. I mean, th th that's going to, to now, um, uh, uh, that's going to be the thing you're thinking about and it's going to define your, your trip and it, it might send you into into a horrible dark spiral or, or, or you know you might get into let's say you see I, I don't want to keep on using violent um, um, uh, instances but like let's say you see um, you know like, like a mother yelling at her child or something and then that 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 part of the setting you saw some mother yelling at her child on the on the sidewalk that that then triggers something some memory of yours some trauma of yours the issues that you have with your mom and and you know you start making connections and then like I said a lot of times these things can be therapeutic but when you're out when you're out in the wild so to speak if you're if you're in an uncontrolled setting um, then then th there's there's phenomena and and you know things that that are going to affect you that that, that are random and chaotic and so it, if you can control the setting and you can you can do it in a very in a very um you know comfortable safe space with people that you trust you're going to limit the amount of um, stimuli that can send you into into a bad place because what you really want to do when you're on psychedelics is you want to explore the universe with your mind but you want to explore the universe within the and psychonaut yeah yeah so if, if you're if you're going to um, you know try, try and expand your consciousness it's not going to help you if some random bizarre event unfolds in front of your eyes because that's like everything is 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 um is like uh amplified you know all and your interestingly i would say that mm. your brain seeks out positive things like but it just can't help in that state not be affected by negative things like it's highly unlikely that you're going to be online like searching for like horrible things that are happening in the news like because your brain would just stay away from electronic devices like you would just be turned like off no pun intended by them but if it's just the minor things happens around you like like jay's saying like maybe uh th there's like your neighbors across the street start fighting normally you would just be like oh who cares but your brain would take it as uh like a more meaningful event yeah and everything would spin out of control or, or or not necessarily spin out of control but 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 it it defines what it influences goes, it for sure it, it it starts writing the next chapter in in your in your book which is your trip for the day so so like if you want your book to be written by chaos and um and just chance then yeah by all means go go out into the world and i mean i suppose if you if once you become a very experienced 
uh, tripper or psychonaut, then um, you can you can certainly more safely go do these things and like and dabble a little bit into the chaos of the world and see see what happens. But I I, I would not safe out there. I would not prescribe that to anyone. And th there's also the, the 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 concept of the guide um, that Leary and Alpert uh, and Wasson all um, ascribe to, which is that th th they would they wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience in the '60s, which I highly recommend. My Maybe another reason why I got into psychedelics in the first place is my dad had a copy of it on his bookshelf. <laughs> the signs were there. At. Yeah, yeah, I would always stare at it and I'd crack it open every once in a while. It's it's kind of loosely based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and the T Tibetan Book of the Dead is basically an ancient manuscript that is a guide on how to die. So so it, so it's it, it's it's a religious manuscript, and it kind of teaches you like here's here's how you die correctly. Um, and so what they did was they half the book is the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and the other half is an instruction instructional guide on how to trip. And in that book, they, they recommend that you highly recommend that, that you always have a guide with you in your experience. And a guide is someone who is a very well experienced yeah, person. Do I need in to go to, uh, well, formerly used to be like somewhere in uh, like Peruvian jungle or I don't know, to find an actual shaman that knows a lot about tripping and leads me and a few other strangers in this ayahuasca experience or i think these days they just do them in hollywood which is insane or you can go to or our next sponsor it is get 10 percent <laughs> off your first it would be nice if we had a sponsor <laughs> but uh oh is it uh or is it just like a friend who feels pretty confident about psychedelic trips because Jay has been my guide on quite a few trips. Now, I, I, I haven't been an official guide because officially the, the way Leary uh, recommended doing it was that he, he said that your guide should be someone who's not on the substance, is not like on acid You've or on psychedelics. You've been there with me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But, but um, uh, I, in his mind, with his, with his system, um, the guide is very well experienced in psychedelics, probably well experienced in psychology as well, like maybe as even a therapist or a doctor um, and is and, and is also not on the substance. So that person knows um, if you start uh, panicking or having uh, uh, some neuroses or anxiety, that, that, that person knows uh, how not to amplify that, how not, how not to make it worse, how to bring you back into a good place and kind of, you know, they, they literally are guiding the trip. Um, now, you know, I've, I've been quote unquote a guide many times when I haven't, when I have been on psychedelics with friends, just because I, I think I'm, I've got enough experience to where I, I I can be on the substance and I can keep things under control enough to where if I, if I need to help somebody who's going down like a rough path, I, I can simultaneously help them. Um, but, but, but in a, in an ideal world, especially when you're first starting off, it's a really good idea to have someone that, that's, that, that's, uh, that, that's sober, so to speak, but also experienced. Now the, the other part of it, the, the flip side of that is that uh, sometimes from my perspective, a, having a guide there, unless the person is very, very good at what they do, they can they can have a negative um, uh, uh, reaction to, to the to the trippers because, in general, you don't want anybody else around you that's not tripping, right? So that's that's the other part about about t about taking psychedelics in public is that or in a random space is that you're going to encounter tons of people who aren't tripping and they're not going to know what's going on in your head it's hard to tell until you sit down with and someone who's and vulnerable. once you say yeah, like very, hey i'm yeah. on drugs like people's reaction gets worse. oh yeah i mean j j 
and, and it can be anything as small as just someone raising an eyebrow or like scrunching their face. Or like in just confusion. doing a double take on you. Yeah, like, Whoa, and, what is this and person they certainly will because you will be acting strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. And, and, and like just that double take or just j- just that, that that kind of scrunching of the face like, of confusion can can send someone. Uh, you like it, the, in the tripper's mind that gets amplified, and then you start thinking like, "Oh my God, they know they they know something's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Like they're freaking out. These people are concerned. Like I should be freaking out. You, you know, you, you can start spiraling out of control. And so I just I just never think it's 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 not recommended to 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 be around people who aren't tripping. And if you're going to be around one person that's not tripping, have it be an experienced guide. Yeah, that, I had everybody that, else in the that space was my experience um, from an early age, even with drinking having that's how all my friends did it they'd be like all right well let's get the one person who's not going to be drunk because it's almost like the driver right of the the driver of the bus yeah sort of designated driver designated driver so i've always been very into that with um anytime someone takes mushrooms or or anything like having a guide and it's so helpful but they do have to have the right energy and be kind of yeah. You don't you don't want uh, you, you don't want someone that's sober. You don't want a, a sober guy that, that, that's gonna be like, hey man, are you freaking out? Like like hey hey look, what's my arm look like? You know yeah, like like not taunting you or something. <laughs> that's you know? not guiding. Like is it? <laughs> yeah, that's not guiding. That's just that's just making that like a. Jerk. And if you that's like someone that just playing. Awful. If you've ever uh, more people have been semi guides than they probably realize. Like being at a party with somebody who got too high, and that person's like, man, I'm freaking out, and you're just like, dude, it's all good. Why don't you just sit over? there for a minute and enjoy the music it's all good yeah like if you've done that you've basically been a guide the worst thing you want to experience is a person who's having like a panic attack ish direction of your trip is when you ask somebody like i or you just tell somebody like i'm not feeling well and they go what's wrong with you yeah. Like, like that is the worst thing you can hear yeah. because the insecurity, because you're in the most vulnerable state, you're like a, like a baby bird with like your open heart surgery, like that's having an open heart surgery. Like that's how vulnerable you are. And, uh, and basically asking like, cause there's this always this little part of you that knows you are in not in the right state and thinks that you're pretty much simply going like out of control you know you're just yeah like there's there's little part of you is always just like thinking like am i always going to be like this forever now that that, that's a very common uh downward spiral thought which is that i'm never going to be normal again (laughs) i'm I'm always going to be like this this will this is the world now yeah that's what salvia does salvia you immediately get into this is how the world is Oh, it's horrible. Oh, I don't. Oh, I would never do that. Like that sounds awful. Yeah. Don't you like feel like you're like a part of like a table or like it's like you very like, like attached to an object. You become flat. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody. Awful. Everybody has their own unique experience. I think you're you're thinking that because of what I told you when I when I. No, because I actually also done research a little bit on online. Today, well, and that's what it says. He, 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 here's a funny. Okay, I'll tell you myself my my salvia story. So the the first time I did it, and this is you know I've done millions of psychedelics or whatever. whatever but not a lot of salvia. But 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 like but yeah, this is the first time I'd done salvia, and it's shocking how powerful that stuff is, as we all mm-hmm. know. Um, but but uh, so I, I smoked it, and I was like, oh, I'm not feeling anything, not feeling anything, and then all of a sudden, I felt frozen, and I felt. Like all the air had turned into like jet, like a jello mold. Like I, I felt oh, like wow. the entire world, 
all, all, all the free particles. Like, like, like I was, I was like a pimento loaf or something. I, I was like suddenly like fruit stuck in a Jello mold. That makes and, complete and, and I was sense. Just... You know, like I, I haven't <laughs> had that specific thing, but it's like such a cousin to the exact feelings I've had on salvia. Yeah, and and, and to, the reason I call it dumb DMT is because it it, it transported you into a three dimensional space, and it was it was com- like extremely powerful, but. There was nothing going on in my mind. It was just a purely like sensory experience where where I was just observing it. Like holy shit, I'm in this it's jello just mold. Confusion what and the terror. fuck is happening? It's just yeah, like, confusion oh, and terror and, and and disorientation. And then it's over. And um, you, you know, you're not pulling any sort of like um, uh, you're not eliciting any sort of like enlightened like thought out of it. You're just, you you basically just had this weird shit happen to you, and, and your brain was kind of shut down, and you just observed it. Like like, like you were you were observing. That sounds awful. Yeah. I, I'm okay on that. I, I mean, but a lot of people have had other, even more bizarre experiences on DMT. That, that, uh, Tell uh, us a little bit yeah. about the or on, DMT on, on elves. DMT, DMT elves. elves. Oh, well, well, I mean. So those are creatures that Terrence McKenna originally coined. Yeah, Terrence McKenna is like um, Timothy Leary, Volume Two. So like t- Timothy Leary. Um, was a pioneer of psychedelics, popularized it, right? And then this guy, Terrence McKenna, came along, his brother, Dennis McKenna. The two of them had done a lot of uh, uh, ethno-botanical studies in South America um, and, uh, you know, focusing a lot on, on esoteric drugs found in the jungles, so to speak. So, And, and they stumbled upon many different things, mushrooms and, and this and that, but also onto... That's uh, in the 70s or 60s? On this, in the 70s, yeah. Uh, 70s and 80s. And so he and his brother um, experimented with all this crazy shit they were finding in the jungle um, through native peoples and whatnot. And uh, they, 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 they did both these very powerful mushrooms, Cyanices mushrooms, which was different than psilocybin mushrooms, but then also um, uh, dimethyltryptamine in the form, uh, the, the orally, inge- orally ingestible form of ayahuasca. Um, which is and, not something you've done, I know. Yeah, I, I have not done ayahuasca, but... but um, <clears throat> Ayahuasca is essentially DMT. Um, it takes hours. It, it, it's like it's DMT. It comes on slower. It lasts longer. The big difference is that it's orally ingestible. So like if you took DMT um, and just put it in your mouth and ate it, nothing would happen. Um, what ayahuasca is, is they've extracted the, these, these native peoples in Peru figured out that to extract DMT from one plant and then take another plant, which had what's called an MAO inhibitor, which is monoamine oxidize, oxidase inhibitor. Um, Never take them with uh, uh, antidepressants. Yeah. It's the worst mix. And, and, and so and, and MAO inhibitors in pharm- pharmaceuticals, in the pharmaceutical world, a lot of times you'll take those in conjunction with other drugs in order to have them be orally active, right? So, so your doctor might prescribe you drug A and an MAO inhibitor to take along with it so that it actually works. No, okay. So, but, but, but what, what ayahuasca is, is that they, these native people's synthesized extracted DMT from a plant and then extracted a naturally occurring MAO inhibitor from another plant mixed them together into into like a like a tea basically like like a drink and then you drink that and so what what you do now since the MAO inhibitor is along with the DMT you can ingest it in your stomach and it'll work through through your through your body and be and be activated um, 
the main difference being like from from what I gather, ayahuasca can be a lot more intense than just smoking DMT. But um, like, let's say if there's 10 levels of, of the DMT ayahuasca experience, like there's it's a spectrum of 10 smoking DMT will immediately get you to level seven, let, let, let's say, and then right back to zero in five minutes ingesting ayahuasca depending on how much you ingest, you might get all the way to level 10, but it might last for eight or nine hours. So, so, you know, it, it's, that's a long freaking hole yeah. for somebody to go on. Yeah. I mean, it's that's definitely interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, and, and also on DMT, time slows down exponentially. So like you, a typical DMT trip, if you smoke it is only going to last five to 10 minutes and you go from completely sober to, to jettison into a three-dimensional world with the elves. I'll get to the elves in a second. And, 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 and then you, you come better. and then you come back and, and then you come back to zero and you're completely sober. You don't feel like anything, like you could drive a car and operate machinery. You shouldn't, but, but you probably could because you go from zero to 10 or zero to seven or eight, then back to zero within five to 10 minutes. Ayahuasca, I'm, I'm sorry, when you're on, when you've smoked it, um, I can tell you that time slows down so that, that five or 10 minutes might feel more like a half an hour, 40 minutes. Now, if the same goes with ayahuasca, that means your eight or nine hour trip. God, I mean, fuck it. That, it might feel like it's like many days. For a lifetime. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, it could very well be. A mushroom trip can feel like that. And I really know if I'm ready for like an ayahuasca journey. Like yeah. I, I think an ayahuasca thing, it's probably very important. It's a life experience I want to have at one point, but um, I do do not want to do it with a shaman. I, I don't believe, I don't need that or believe in that. Um, uh, or like Hollywood douchebags. I don't need a Hollywood douchebag. I don't need a shaman. <laughs> I don't want to do it with 10 other people that are shitting in buckets and throwing up everywhere. Come on the deck. Like, I, I mean, buckets. <laughs> uh, ayahuasca trip, yeah. trip. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like, the, yeah. I, I have issues with that system. It's fine for people. It's great. And that, you know, the, 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 in Iquitos, the, 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 the native people in Peru that, that do, that do um, ayahuasca, that's what they do. But I don't know. I just feel like like the likelihood that you're going to be attached to like a real shaman and not just some like shyster or s some kind of like charlatan is is very, very low. Um, and so I, I, I would like to do it, but I'd like to do it, it again in my confined space with a couple people that I trust and uh, and 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 not like and share a shit bucket with them. Yeah, and not not with strangers. This whole I, this whole concept <laughs> that you're doing it with strangers is very. I would hate that because I don't like idea. strangers. I don't no. like strangers either, and, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Like like like, you know, if your friend starts freaking out, you know your friend, and you can you know it might not affect you as much personally because you're like, okay, I know my buddy Dave here is is like Shout I, out. I, I I know him and I love him, and, and 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 he's like he's like crying on the ground, writhing around right now, but it's okay because I'm gonna help him. But he's I like see, that in real life. Too. Yeah, exactly. That'd be <laughs> totally normal. But but if I see some stranger doing that, I don't know. That might flip me out, or or, or that stranger might start wigging out and screaming screaming at everybody i mean i don't want to have that but happen especially when i'm in such a such a fragile state and even as, as with as friends as a trip can go wrong uh, i don't know if you guys saw yeah. a girls trip with tiffany haddish but uh, a uh, lot I of oh, hijinks yeah. go on and they're friends on a trip that's a good that's a good point joe yeah 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 thank you for that the, the, there's the scene where they're on like the on the zip line or whatever right yeah yeah so yeah. something uh, like that could even happen amongst friends when they trip <laughs> 
Let's all pause for a second, <laughs> yeah. go watch that movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and come back. Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. Great movie. Great movie. Um, so I have... The elves. I think okay, it's the, the elves. elves. The elves. Do you want me to do the elves? No, I want you to definitely... So I know this is a lot elves. of me rambling and talking, but like... There's a lot, a lot of rambling, but I knew what I was getting into. You know you're getting yourself into it. This quarantine uh, of uh, going on four weeks has been a lot of listening. It's just he, he's just talking like you're trying to eat some eggs <laughs> and he's just going. So the thing yeah, about I'm like, but you don't understand. <laughs> the All elves, right. the elves, they told Very me. important. So, DMT machine elves, please. All right. So anyway, so going back to Terrence McKenna, he and his brother studied the shit and got way deep into it. Terrence McKenna came up with this concept of when he would take DMT, he would encounter what he called the self-transforming machine elves. And a it's lot of DME. <laughs> and Shout a lot out. of other people, in, in fact, most <laughs> people who take DMT, this is what makes DMT special um, uh, amongst other psychedelics. Other psychedelics, you might have kind of similar types of hallucinations, but you. I was actually researching that for uh, a project, and I couldn't find like a unifying, like say, mushroom hallucination that like everybody keeps having. But DMT does offer that. Yeah, I mean, the closest you can say is like people see trails or whatever, kind of tracers when uh, off of movement. That's a, that's something people. It's see, like similar visuals, is what the the yeah. Yeah, but no characters. You but know? but but when DMT, the most unique part of it is that you encounter external intelligences. Uh, is the best way to describe. This is it. where we start our like a uh, uh, track underneath <laughs> <laughs> our drone. I might actually mix in a drone here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so you encounter. Wait, what do you mean exterior intelligences? <laughs> Well, like, yeah, uh, yeah I see <laughs> from people I've heard talk about it, it's like these people who kind of fill a role, they look, can look different, uh, but they all have like, they kind of like are the greeters or like the. God. Yeah, they're like the, 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 the emissaries. The, the, what they are in a basic sense is when you're on DMT, you encounter external intelligent beings. So it, it's. Um, it's the most unique thing because because no matter how hard you're tripping on acid or mushrooms you might encounter other pe things or people or you might hallucinate things but you're never actually communicating with another brain sort of telepathically and that's the the, the oddest sensation is that you encounter like minds that are separate from yours um, and and a lot of people see like gnomes or elves or kind of like alien type of what's beings the, or insects or, feeling, or, or like lizards. What's the feeling of knowing they are external minds? It, it, it's it's impossible to describe in words. I mean, I mean, the, the only way I can describe it is, is that you know that it's, you know that you're encountering something that, that is separate from yourself and you're communicating with it like telepathically. Um, and it, it, it's it's not just like, it feels more real than when you're talking to someone in a room and they're they're clearly a separate person and separate mind. It feels more more authentic. You're than not that. watching a movie, right? Like so, like yeah. if I'm if I'm tripping on mushrooms, it's almost like a very sensory movie I'm watching where I'm like involved in the plot, but there's the observer always happening, and it's like very still connected to me producing that information. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and exactly. And the reason they that Terrence McKenna called them self-transforming machine elves is that 
these beings when you go into the dmt world which again is a is a three-dimensional uh like world that you're not in the room anymore you're in this completely other world you've been transformed and even you've been transported to because you pierce the bubble right yeah i'll go i'll talk about that in a little bit but 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 basically when you encounter these things these entities they start talking to you and their basic message is hey how are you welcome let I want to show you things like this is where we live like look at this look at this like like a lot of times people people just just come out of it saying like this thing just wanted to show me shapes and like it, it had hands and it was creating these like this is the self-transforming machine part of it is that it was creating geometric shapes like an orb and it was just like like shifting these fractals around and just looking and just showing it to me and it, and it, they always are very welcoming and, and they're and they're they, they don't say things like don't be afraid because you're already not afraid they're, 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 they're more, very neutral and friendly. Yeah, they're more just like this is this is this place. Like, hey, how's it going? And, and then as you as you start to to leave the the, the, the trip when it starts to dissipate, they're, they're like, okay, I'll see. Okay, like, bye. Like, bye. See you, see you soon. <laughs> like, it, it's very strange. It's like they basically just greet you and they say goodbye and like 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 see you again soon. And, and I've heard like them uh, people having several trips. They'll be like, hey, it's been a while. Or did yeah. I just see? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. It, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I can close my eyes right now and I can kind of, I, I would be hard struck to, to describe what I'm seeing in my mind, but I, I can, I can close People my eyes. People have done it online. If you yeah. guys go online and search <clears throat> self-transforming machine elves or DMT machine elves, there's some very good portrayals, but a couple of artists that have done, I would say, pretty accurate portrayals of what those things look like. Yeah, there's a guy named Alex Gray who does a lot of DMT paintings in, in particular. But, um, yeah. the, but, but, but the really weird, odd thing about this is that, is that everybody has this experience. It, it, it's not like, and of course, you could say that people have read about it, and so they're so they're sort of like um, planting the seed in their mind, but. Even people who who don't who have no idea about it, that, that I, like like people that I've done it with that have have never even heard this elf concept before, yeah. they come out of it and they start immediately describing these entities, these friendly entities like that, that some elf was sh like a, making a hole in the ground or something. Yeah, right? like, yeah, exactly. Like a friend of mine was sitting there, sitting there like on the ground, looking at the floor. And, and this gnome, kind of like a garden gnome type person, was like laying, was building like a tunnel in the floor with multi, multi, <laughs> multicolored like light bricks, and just like, 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 you know, like just making circles and creating a tunnel into the ground, and and ever evolving, it, ever moving. You know, there's always fractal patterns, like complex geometric shapes. The, the, they're the, quite engineers, those dudes. Yeah, they are. They, they're they're machine elves. They're the, and they and they they transform things. And they transform themselves. I think and, they're pretty asexual. Yeah, I, you, well, I, I would say the first time I did it, I got the distinct sense that it was a female, that it was a mother. I remember I came out of the experience saying it's the mother. I was just saying it's the mother of the house. I kept on mm. saying that over and over, and over cool. again. I said it's the mother of the house because it was a very like a it was queen bee? distinctly maternal um, god goddess like uh, uh, entity that was giving my me my, my tour that time. Well, just a quick sidebar. Mm. I mean, generally speaking, in psychedelics, it seems like female. Uh, energy is more prevalent during trips. Like you definitely would encounter, encounter like I encounter at least, and Jay have have encountered, I think, like this character of Mother Earth, sort of like the goddess of Earth that's very caring for the humanity and for the nature around us. There's very, there's definitely not a whole lot of the Christian like bearded man sitting on the yeah, couch. and I don't know, uh, like I think the female energy in trips is especially true in Girls Trip with Tiffany Haddish and Queen Latifah. 
Oh, I'm so grateful for <laughs> That's that. That's true. I was I was hoping we'd bring we'd go come back to that because <laughs> she is a queen, right? Yeah. And, so it kind of remind like, maybe that was maybe it was Queen Latifah, and maybe you're you were actually watching Girls Trip. That's true. I've never thought about that before. Maybe I was just maybe I had Vaseline on my yeah. eyes, and I was just watching Girls Trip. <laughs> when was this? Was this in the last few years? Yeah, it was like 2016, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, uh, like the it. summer of. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah so <clears throat> and the journey that you arrive there right is very specific you travel there's yeah. a moment of like pushing through in the space yeah like people call it piercing the veil or whatever but but it's basically the, um it's, it's uh, the best way for me to describe it is to describe the first time i did dmt so 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 the first time i did it i took um and it's important that you take a, a lot of it like like, like that you smoke as much as you can until you can't like I, I was joke you like smoke as much as uh, as you can until you don't have hands anymore oh, so, so so you, so you, you should base because people will be because it's scary the first time you're doing it and you're thinking like oh my god i don't want to take too much but like but you cannot take too much because you'll ingest it and then at a certain point you will be transported to another world and there's no more body and no more hands and there's no more smoking and somebody god. else is breathing <clears throat> far away and that's probably yeah. your body yeah and, and so and and what happens is you time slows down right so the first time i did it i, I t- took a tour maybe three hits as as exhaling the music we were listening to slowed down into a series of like of resonant tones like the, the melody of the song just slowed down it was like boom 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 right so time had slowed down um i i, I in reality in the room i had sort of, sort of like slid down on, on my back onto the couch i was sitting at and i and <clears throat> I, I i started um I, I, I saw like like a like a two-dimensional animation cell of, of a fractal pattern right and, and, and the whole time I'm like I, I'm, I'm trying to like there's this moment where you, you think you're you can't breathe because you're you've, you've taken a breath and you've gone like this like <gasps> and that moment where you can't breathe any more air in you, you, that moment is extended for, for a little while and so kind of just yeah. a quick sidebar this is very similar to a lot of transcendental meditation it's transcendental meditation is a lot of times for me like it's like a, a baby version of what Jay just describing with breathing because a lot of times when I start my TM I feel like I have shallow surface breathing and then about like five minutes in my body just decides to take a deep breath and after that I don't breathe for like what seems like minutes and then the body decides to breathe in again yeah, I, I, I've never done that transcendental meditation before, but it sounds very similar. I mean, like what you just take this breath in and a lot of people panic in this microsecond of a moment because they think I can't breathe. I'm going to die. I'm gonna, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. But eventually your body exhales. And as you exhale, usually visually in the trip, you sort of like push through a wall of colors, right? So so I, so I described it as like my whole field of view just turned into a fractal pattern, like an animation cell. And you want to close your eyes, right? Because you can do it with your eyes open, but then it yeah. means kind of like... You should close your eyes. Yeah, because yeah. then it's just like adding p- pattern to like your regular room and you better like experience it at 100%. Normally you naturally close your eyes when it's happening, um, but like, but, but don't try and open up your eyes. It's not going to be nearly as cool. In fact, wh- as soon as you open your eyes, the trip is kind of over. Uh, um, so, so anyway, so I've closed my eyes. There's a two-dimensional animation cell of fractals in front of my my face, and then that 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 screen uh, of my vision 
kind of like flops up and becomes a ceiling and reveals a floor, right? And so this is this is as I've exhaled and now I'm breathing again. And so, so now I'm seeing a floor and a ceiling of fractal patterns that are constantly shifting. And then as I start breathing, I start moving forward through a space. And there's like these kind of fibrous connections from the floor and, and the ceiling. And I'm moving through it. Like I'm in a, a spaceship moving through space, but I'm moving through or like a cave or something, right? And so I'm moving through this, this three-dimensional space and I start feeling wind. Like I, I, I've described it as like, I felt like I was in a luge, like, like in a bobsled laying on my back and or in like a plane with the cockpit open, right? Like in a fighter jet. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm in like a form fit banana and, and, and there's a, and the cockpit is open and I'm going progressively faster and faster. I'm going like thousands of miles an hour through a three dimensional space and there's wind. I feel it flying in my face, um, which is probably the sensation of like me breathing. I'm guessing like, like, like that's what I was, I was feeling from that. But so I, I'm flying through this space and then all of a sudden the, the, the maternal, elf whatever you want to call it um uh, uh external Latifa. entity yeah the queen now that we know queen Latifa comes to me and she starts she starts saying like 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 welcoming me like 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 and just immediately says i i kind of shoot out into this space and i see like a like a dr seuss world of like these weird almost looks like canyon lands in utah but 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 they're all these structures and they're kind of like they're kind of look like they're made of clay and, and there's a whole city of them and, and she and she's like she's like hi i'm the mother mother of the house this is where we live like this is what we do look at this look and at they this speak telepathically right they don't like address yeah the human language yeah it's it's not yeah exactly it's just it's just like speaking in your mind I, and, and and that's again another weird sensation that I can't describe, which is that it—it's—it's it's what reinforces the sense that there's an external intelligence that you're—you're you're interacting with because you feel this telepathic communication. If you're not hearing someone's words, you're like feeling. Uh, concepts. It's and, not your and, thoughts. Yeah, they're not your thoughts. Someone else is speaking inside your brain. It, it's re I, I, I have no way to. Well, yeah, because like no, no one should have had that experience at all. Right, in real right, life. right. There's and, no like and, uh, technological way to exactly get that feeling. Exactly, and 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 again, I've done I've tripped so many so many times and gone as deep as you can possibly go. I would say, and this has never ever happened to me. And so, but basically, it's just you know and and. I should back up when you pierce the veil too that, that you might have like a bit of fear like oh my god I can't breathe I'm not gonna be, be I'm not gonna breathe I'm, I'm gonna die once you like start once you exhale and start breathing then that's when I felt a complete detachment from my my earthly body and my earthly being right so I was no longer Jay Hunter who had grown Esquire. up who, Jay Hunter Esquire the lawyer the attorney at law who, 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 had, who, had, degree, who had grown up uh, <laughs> who had been disbarred recently, uh, but for taking like for taking psychedelics. But but no, so so I, I was I was no longer Jay Hunter who had had all these experiences on Earth. I was still me, but I was like the best way to describe it is like I was my soul. I was like the essence of my being, and and, and all fear. There was no longer this fear of like, oh my God, am I going to die? Am I going to die? It, there's it, no attachment, right? At, yeah, at, at that point, the, the the feeling was like. I'm either dead or or it doesn't matter. Death doesn't matter. Life and death is not a concept. Like like I I had almost I had 
uh, elevated above all that stuff. Like there's no pain, there's no fear, th 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 there's no worry about like what happens to me on earth or whatever. It, it was just like, I'm my, I'm myself, I'm my soul. And now I'm on this fucking journey through this Dr. Seuss land that this, 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 this mother figure is giving me a tour of. And, and she's literally just, you know, so at that point there's no fear. It, she's just like, this is where we live. I remember I, I floated it, it, like into one of the Dr. Seuss cavern things and, and kind of landed and, and, and just took a look around at like a living room. It is it, it, what it basically felt like. It felt like, like, like a, like, like someone's dwelling. Um, and then, and then, you know, it started that I think I, I opened my eyes and I, I kept on saying it's the mother of the house. Like I, I opened up my eyes. Um, and as soon as you open up your eyes, then you, you kind of detach and, and, and then the, the entities are saying like, um, you know, like, okay, bye. Quick like, goodbyes we'll, we'll see you like, soon. Like, yeah, we'll, see, we'll you, see you soon. And you're moving away yeah. like a speed of light right. away from them. Yeah. And, and, and you, and you open up your eyes and then you try and close them again, but you can't get back there anymore. And it, and it, and, and it, and it just slowly dissipates a few minutes later. You're completely sober. Um, sitting in a room being like, what the fuck just happened? I, that's the most amazing thing I've, it's ever happened to me. Yeah. And you, you can remember all of it as yeah, well. Yeah, my DMT trips weren't as uh, three-act or whatever, like story structure uh, specific. Like they were uh, a lot of like small entities dancing for me. Like there's a lot of, because a dance like means a lot to me, I think in earthly life. And so I think they knew that. And so they were like presenting a lot of organized dancing for me, like a lot of them. And they were very childish and playful while I knew that they were like fully formed adult personalities, but they were like choosing to be childish with me. Uh, and while I didn't have very one-on-one -on -one, like, like conversation, but they were always like, yeah, just all kind of communicating to me in the hive mentality way, welcoming me, seeing me off being happy like neutrally kind of happy like sure happy when i would arrive again and um, you're describing an improv class it's <laughs> <laughs> too soon <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's interesting because i i just i guess it's it's time to go towards the end of this beautiful recording but i wanted to say something about how much of the like to sort of come back to Bill Hicks and what he was saying about going back to these experiences to me I've done a lot of hardcore tripping in the last year of my life like a year and a half and I found that I've exhausted my at least where I am finding myself in this point I've sort of exhausted like the need of going back to mushroom trips at this time. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I've done such hardcore trips that were just going for hours and hours to the point where I felt like I've done too much. I felt like I've kind of got all the knowledge there is from that. And that sounds also arrogant because it's like, who am I to say that I've learned everything there is to learn about the earth and the world. But in some ways it felt like that. No, I, I, I think that that's, that's a mature thing to, to feel because because if you're taking it for self-exploration and sort of self-realization you know just doing it over and over again you're not going to learn anything new you're just going to spin around in circles so like you, you what i think is important is to have these 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 cru crucial intense experiences and then have time to to 
to you know just think about them and and go over them and and work it out because you're not going to be healed right away you're going to have this experience that you have to reflect on um to, to allow you to, to grow with it and that's the kind of feeling i felt at a certain point when i was in college um where i just i tripped so hard so many times i just felt like it, like i was just treading the same ground and and it wasn't you know it wasn't doing anything anything for me now flash you get forward there faster sorry you get there faster and faster like like to me it's like now i don't like it doesn't take 20 minutes for me to end up you know uh, to leave sasha filer's body and be one with the world it takes me like two minutes now you know it's it's like my body know my brain knows where i'm going with it and then it's almost like okay well i've arrived now what uh, should we just blow up more universes and build new ones let's do it like it's yeah. like i know what's going on yeah you know you, i think it's important to take a break and to to <clears throat> just just kind of like 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 I said, reflect on it, and then you'll know when you want to come back. Like at a certain point, when I was in college, I I, I burned myself out on it, sort of. And a few years later, I, I had this kind of realization, like, oh my god, like I, so much I've put so much shit in that attic in my head. I need to release it all. I need to cleanse myself. I needed all the bubble up to the top and confront my demons that that have built up over the last few years. And I did, and it was very very helpful once again. Probably you know changed my life in like in kind of led huge to ways. meeting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Led yeah. to meeting you. Led, led to every. Led to where I am at right now. Um, uh, you know that that last sort of like like epiphany uh, um, trip moment that I had. You know years ago. But, but but in terms of DMT, it's more of like visiting different universe, right? Like it's a little bit different from the knowledge. Like mushrooms teach you how to be on Earth and compassion, hopefully at yes. the end. And I think DMT teaches you that there's other universes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I agree completely like m mushrooms are for like your earthly, you know, t to work out what's going on in this being in this body, in this shell. And the DMT is, is sort of like, um, it's, it's, it's operating on another plane. Like you, you're not, because again, you've got that sense of like, I'm not Jay, I'm just the spirit form of Jay. So then I'm not, I'm not really thinking about, um, the shit going on in my head because my head doesn't exist anymore because I'm just, I'm part of some ethereal plane. And so the work you're doing with DMT is more about like, um, what happens when you die? You know, it's, it, it, it's more, it's more spirit. It's way more spiritual of work because it, it's, it's not based on anything in this, in this dimension or this plane of reality. So like to me, DMT is a lot more interesting to, to dabble in for that very reason, because I, I don't have as much to explore with, with tryptamines right now or, or with, with mushrooms. But may maybe mushroom is a better mm -hmm. first experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you have, you, you've got to like work out what's going on in your head on this earth before you can work out what's going on with your soul. So, I mean, that, that, that's what I would say. You know what I would like to hear is I would like to hear Joe Cabello tell us about because because you told us about the, you know like what what things you've dabbled in before but but can you tell us about one of your trips or like 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 an important moment of psychedelics in your in your being in your history yeah i would say one of my i think maybe the last mushroom trip i ever did was um pretty great and it was definitely like a uh a learning experience in that that way and i, I spoke with sasha about it this before it was it was a very deep conversation. There was a there was a lot to it, Way but the the main thing I remember uh, taking away from it is just this lesson of we're all going to we all can't help but be ourselves, and that's okay. It's kind of the main thing, and I had that by being in this infinite loop with the two other people I was with, where 
the square, the triangle? No, it was um, the scientist, the heart, and the... Uh, fuck, I forget the, the last one. But each person in the room just kept being the heart, the scientist, and then... Uh, whatever my role was, whatever the name was, I needed everybody to understand where I was coming from. That's, like, what I desperately needed. Uh, the scientist, he just couldn't help but... Uh, explain have an explanation for everything and then the heart was just happy to be there but didn't understand anything that was going on so like there was a point of contention between every person in that way because if I want everyone to understand where I'm coming from I'm dealing with somebody who's happy for me to feel however I feel but it doesn't understand it then one person who can only understand it from one angle what was the third person you said the scientist in the heart was the third person like the the wizard or or like or like the spirit like the guru or something because it because it's almost sound, like the way that you describe the other two makes me think that there's like this like like like, like a spiritual like um shaman type of uh personality i forget well. what the name was i think it was it might because the heart and the scientist there's no like <laughs> It's not like a shape and a shape, you know, so who knows? Yeah. But I know I was that person. Then uh, Big D Patrick was the scientist. And then uh, this girl, Claire, my girlfriend at the time, was the heart. Uh, so we just kept on every conversation we went into. I, it just kept falling back to us falling into our roles. And I was like, this is so I can't help but explain this to them. But they can't help but not understand. And this is just how it is. And that's fine. And it's funny. It's like a I joke. Think it's a reflection of uh, human relationships in general, day to day. Yeah, and it really just made me kind of, uh, I guess, see things from other people's point of view a lot more. And just be like, okay, everybody's coming at this differently. And that was the main lesson I took away from it, along with some other stuff. Um, but we, were, it, we didn't necessarily... I think th there was probably too many of us taking it at one time. Um, but it was a good trip as far as like exploring a lot of different of our feelings and uh, overcoming some stuff personally. How often do you think about it in your day to day life? Um, I mean, fairly often uh, because it is one of those like benchmark moments of like when you're dealing with people uh, just kind of to be like, <laughs> OK, am I just being the this and also just seeing patterns in life too you know that trip was all about patterns and just being like oh we're always going to circle back to this conversation where we're trying to explain ourselves and what are the other big circles that our lives are hitting oh i'm always gonna get to a point where i'm unhappy and then get to a point where i'm happy and that's just these wide circles so i've just been seeing life and patterns since then so i reference it a lot but uh I kind of feel like I'm due for a new trip, um, but just haven't kind of been in the right uh, setting and, and whatnot. Like, don't want to do it right now, that's for sure. I'd probably freak out. Yeah, I don't know if this is a good time to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this is a good time to do it for some people, but it but for other people, it might be a good time ironically even though it's not a time of like uh, safety or security or you know like 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 just it's certainly like a time right now where where your trip could become very difficult yeah <laughs> you know? like I, I i've thought about it though like i i've thought about it that, that for me this might be a great time 
to, to do a really hard trip because I think I could probably handle it and it might be very helpful and beneficial and therapeutic. But like, but, but I think, you know, for, um, you, you know, like, like, like if I've got a PhD in psychedelics, if you've got, if someone's got an undergrad in psychedelics, like that might be not, that might not be a big enough degree to, 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 to trip during like a pandemic uh, quarantine. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but, but, but what I will say is that it's, it's, um, you know, when you need to do it, like, like, like the, there's, there's no, pre like when I, the, I bought the, the first DMT that I ever bought, I bought it in like the year 2001 and I held on to it for like seven years and didn't, didn't do it because I, cause I was just, I wasn't ready to do it. And then at a certain point I just knew I was ready. Like one day I, I just, something happened, a couple things happened in life and, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this right now. And, and, and it just was, and it took seven, eight years for that moment to what? come. 78 years. Se 78 yeah. years. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it took like literally, I mean, maybe even been 10 years, but I feel like it was longer. Yeah. But, but it, it, it's, de it definitely, no, it was like seven or eight years because it was before I met you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and so that's what I would say to anybody is that like, like, don't like, if you're going to take a trip and you're going to take it seriously, um, don't feel pressured. And, and if you feel like, like on the day, this is the wrong decision for me. Don't do it. Like, like, cause obviously something in your head is saying, don't do it. So don't do it. Like y when, when you do it, y you'll, you'll know when the right time is. And then, then, you, then that's when you pull the trigger. So then what is a bad trip to round this up? What is a bad trip? And is there a Trick such a question? Thing? Well, I, I, I kind of told you earlier my, my thoughts about that. I, there, I mean, yes, of course there are definitely bad trips. There are people that go to like, have to go to mental hospitals cause they're took, like 20 hits of acid and they're, they've lost their, they've had a complete psychotic break. Um, that's certainly, uh, you know, to call that a difficult trip is to be a little, little, little insensitive and a little stupid in my opinion. But, the, but like, I, <clears throat> um, I think that, that, that the concept of bad trip is a bad concept inherently because what it's saying is, is that this is, this is a substance that's only going to give you pleasure um, like a fleeting type of pleasure, like drinking a beer or, 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 or taking ecstasy or something like, 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 like you're taking the substance in order to be happy for a finite amount of time. And I find that the b biggest benefit of psychedelics is that you can take them and have a rough time while it's happening and change your life for the better forever afterwards. So it, it's, it's, it's like a sacrament that can, that can just bring you, bring your whole life to a better place for years and years, as opposed to bring you to a happy place for a few hours. So, and, and, and I've certainly like that kind of therapy has happened to me. Um, has born has been born out of the quote unquote bad trips or or difficult trips as I would call it that, that, like those are the ones that changed me for the better um, it, it wasn't the ones where everything was groovy and and I just had a fun time and laughed all night that was great for the for that night but but the ones that really made me a better person and changed my life uh, uh, in a positive way were the were the were the bad trips so it's <clears throat> you know and and again, this isn't like a blanket statement that you can cover everybody on. I mean, there's, there's every, every case is different. Every person's brain is different. Every trip is different, but, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's dangerous or sort of irresponsible to, to, to delineate it between good and bad. Um, I think the bad ones can be the best ones for you. Great. Joe, is there anything else you'd like to ask our guests? Just one guest. Um, so do you think there's going to be a girl's trip too? I 
<laughs> oh my God. I almost said that at the same time because <laughs> I was thinking goes. the same thing. I, I hope there is. I hope the girls get back together and they go on another trip and I hope the Queen's there to bring them to show them around and you know, show them geometric shapes and, and, um, and yeah, I hope that, and, and then they get stuck on the zip line and shit their pants, right? Or pee themselves. What do they do on the zip line? <laughs> I think that's bridesmaids. I do have a question. No, it's, it's girls trip too, girls isn't trip it? Too? Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Jo- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, since you are, uh, a former lawyer, uh, Esquire, uh, disbarred, disbarred, disbarred lawyer. for your use of psychedelics, <clears throat> what would you say, uh, are the best movies or TV shows are done that maybe are not necessarily about psychedelics, or maybe they are, but they are the best at portraying that specific human experience of using psychedelic drugs. Wow. Um, Are we talking fiction or nonfiction? Because well, because it goes like for nonfiction, I think a couple of good things that people are interested in psychedelics, they can watch a documentary called the DMT, the spirit molecule. Um, it's a little cheese ball. Joe Rogan is like the host of it. And he's shout out, you know, ugh, like, he's, of like the wearing, he's wearing faithful it's like, listener. It's like Joe Rogan's wearing a lab coat. Uh, I mean, it's a I little guess. cringeworthy to say the least, but like, but, but, but there's good stuff. It's based on a book. The book is very good. And if, if you want to just get into find out about DMT, I read uh, that book and watched the documentary. It's I think, worth it. I think it's particularly good. Um, there's also Hamilton's pharmacopoeia. Uh, uh, Hamilton Morris's show you can see it on Hulu son of Errol Morris shout out to the director of a commercial I <laughs> was in once exactly no big deal name drop and um, so, and, and so uh, Hamilton Far- Hamilton's Loyal pharmacopoeia listener. is a good thing just about psychedelic drugs and drugs in general but he has an episode called Wizards of DMT which is very interesting um, but um, <clears throat> I would say like as far as portrayals in fiction when you say oh this is a good trippy film or TV show what would that be because I know devs is one not necessarily about psychedelics at all right but there's certain information like the certain visuals yeah, that a, yeah. a, a psychonaut might recognize as true to one's experience. Well, I I, th- I think well here's one movie, M- Midsummer, which is a very disturbing. Available on Prime currently. <laughs> yeah, and my iTunes account. In, in, in Midsummer, they take um, uh, mushrooms and then another kind of like unknown like psychedelic substance, and the way they portray the the the, the visual um, trip. Uh, at least the visual hallucinations I thought was was pretty accurate in, in terms of like a like what a light mushroom trip feels yeah, like. Um, yeah, and and just just like the out, the out of focus areas are kind of moving and gro- like the plants are kind of shifting and growing. Um, I think in um, uh, and, and and again, it's not portraying a trip very well as a whole, but just like little elements of visual hallucinations. I thought that um, uh, in the movie Annihilation, uh, th- there was a lot of like very very interesting especially the end of annihilation uh like the climax scene is extremely close to like what a dmt trip is um i i thought that was an excellent uh kind of portrayal even though it's not necessarily about psychedelics i think it's very heavily uh influenced by psychedelics well alex garland right so that's why i mentioned devs in general probably a pretty experienced psychonaut i'm guessing yeah i i think i i would put money on the fact that alex garland is really into tripping um shout out to you specifically dmt big fan of the show um, you know, <laughs> like you, you see it all throughout popular Field culture. Field in England. Oh, 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 a f- oh that's a fantastic <laughs> example. There's a movie called A Field in England. 
Um, it's a black and white movie about uh, these guys during like the 1700s fall off from a battlefield and go into a field and eat mushrooms. Um, and it, it is incredibly good at showing psychedelics. I, I mean, there's like a whole 15 minute sequence at the end of the movie toward the end of the movie. I remember watching like 10 seconds of it and being like, I'm out of this room. I'm yeah. tripping. No, just no, watching yeah, this. it gets you flashbacks. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, a Field in England is a fantastic movie. Joe, you should definitely see that. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Another, another, another Here's just one more little thing is that it, the, um, uh, what was the uh, Black Mirror episode, the Choose Your Own Adventure Black Mirror uh, episode? Bandersnatch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Bandersnatch. So in Bandersnatch, there's a, a scene where they take LSD and the, it's, it's a quick one, but the one of the characters is looking at, at the wall and it's sort of shifting. That's a very close interpretation of like a, of a light psychedelic hallucination. And then at a certain point, one of the other characters' eyes kind of go, are black and they sort of like, like start smushing around. And, and uh, I, I, I saw that as being, again, another subtle thing, but, but that was a pretty good um, visual interpretation. Because, I mean, a lot of times it's like so cheesy and it doesn't look anything like what actual psychedelic hallucinations look like. You know, like like from the 60s, it's like a kaleidoscope or something. You know, it's just it, it's just like the, the limited camera tricks they had at the time didn't really represent it properly. Yeah, but, or like um, Harold and I, I Kumar, they smoke weed and then like see rainbows, cartoon rainbows and stuff. And you're like, has anyone actually smoked weed in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Like who made this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, it, it drives me crazy because because yeah it's it's like come on like uh, it, it's like aliens trying to trying to act like they're humans or something like but but oh you, you know what actually is another great one is that Ang Lee movie about Woodstock um, gosh I can't remember the Incredible Hulk um, no 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 it's the Dimitri Martin is in it it's an Ang Lee movie it's about Woodstock um, and at the end of the movie. Um, I don't really like the movie very much at all, but at the end of the movie, Dimitri Martin is like given LSD and he's like taking Woodstock, taking Woodstock. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's, uh, is that what it's called? No, that's the taking Liam Woodstock? Neeson movie taken Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but so, um, I don't know if that's the movie. Is that, I guess that is the movie. Unless so, he made a few Woodstock movies. <laughs> it's possible. So anyway, so at the end of the movie, um, Dimitri Martin's character takes LSD and he's in the crowd at Woodstock looking at the, at the stage and man, like, I don't know. I've, I want to look back at it now just thinking about it. But, the, but the, that was a very accurate uh, uh, psychedelic hallucination of, of visual interpretation. It, 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 like, I remember watching it being like, holy shit, how'd they do that? Because cause it, it just felt it just felt perfectly um, authentic. So. What about Enter the Void? Enter the Void, yeah, sure. I think, I think it's a little it, overrated in that. Enter sense. the Void is a little more of like there are moments of it that, that feel like like okay, this is this is a DMT, but but um, Enter the Void is a little more n nightmarish. It, it's it's a little nightmarish What's and like name? phantasmagoric. No, Gaspar, Gaspar Noe, and, and um, I I think I don't think he, I think he had, in fact I know for a fact because I play poker with this guy who's his partner. Um, he 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 had wow. never take he had never taken. Name drop. He's never name drop. He, 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 he had never <laughs> taken D DMT before, Gaspar Noe, but he wanted to make a movie about DMT. And so that he, so this guy I know deep state tri knowledge tripped right with there. him, tripped with him like, like before he made the movie. So he had done it like once or maybe twice, but I don't know. I, I, like obviously 
there, I, I, I would like to go back and revisit it again because maybe maybe he did do a good job of it. I just remember it, it, it's like slathered in like weird Gaspar Noe disturbing, you know, like red light and stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's made to feel dirty and seedy. And um, th- though he did have moments, I, I do recall, uh, that were pretty authentic. I think it's, it, it's, it, it's too, he's got too much of the Gaspar Noe evil sauce all over that. Great. Well, Jay Hunter, Hilger's Esquire, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. Uh, Stay safe out there. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, Listen to my podcast, which is even better than this podcast. (laughs) It's called Pod Ween Satan, and it's uh, about the greatest band in the world, uh, which is Ween. Um, And I'm not joking or being ironic in the least bit. They are the greatest band in the world, and uh, it's a great podcast, and you should listen to it. Joe Cabello, what about you? I'd like to plug my butt, uh, but I'd also like to plug robotblackbeltchampion.com. You can check out my comic book that's up there. You can just download it for free. Very kind of you. Well, what about uh, Girls Trip too? Oh yeah, hell of a plug Girls Trip. Three ninety nine rental on iTunes right now. You can't get a better time spent for three ninety nine. Well, thank hell you, yeah. Jay Hunter, for uh, your wisdom and thank you for your production support. Thank you, Joe Cabello, for Cabello. I'm sorry for your hosting with me today. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Carlton Gillespie for videos. Thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for your music. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye.